Thank you for tuning in to Wove Inspiration Podcast with host Althea Richardson. Wove stands for Women of Vision and Excellence, and the mission is to inspire, encourage, and uplift women and the men who love them to becoming all they were predestined to be. And it starts with restoration. I'm so excited to have this special guest on my show today. Her name is Dr. Shawley McCurgy. She is an educator. She's been in the education field for well over 20 years, and she is has dedicated her life towards promotion of child-centric and activity-oriented education. She has uh, she's very passionate, a very passionate educationist and a global thought leader with a background of setting up and leading new age K through 12 schools. Dr. McCurgy, thank you so much for being on Wove Inspiration today. Uh, thank you so much. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here on this platform today. And yes, I'm definitely looking forward to a very, very enlightening and engaging conversation. Thank you. Thank you. So, Dr. McCurgy, I know that you've been in the education field for, like I've read, over 20-something years. What actually got you started in the educational field? I have been in the sphere of education for the last 23 years now. And in this long journey, I have actually been the principal and the founder principal of some of the reputed international schools in West Bengal, India some of which had actually been formed, founded, and established by me. So um, I would definitely like to name at least two of them, Adamus World School and STEM World School. Now, why STEM World School? Because STEM World School happens to be the first STEM school in West Bengal, India, which was eventually awarded for being the second best international day school in the entire West Bengal region of India by Education World in 2016 which also happens to be my brainchild. Now, after spending more than two decades in the field of school leadership and school management, in the year 2020, I have stepped into the domain of higher education, where currently I am the director school of education at one of the premier universities of Eastern India named Adamus University. Uh, well, additionally, I'm also associated with premier educational organizations uh, across India as well as globally in senior advisory position and role. Now to answer your question, what caught me started? So uh, it is pure passion for me. And in fact, I am a kind of a person who has actually turned her passion into her profession. So for me, it has been a very, very conscious intersection between what I always wanted to do and what I loved doing. So I always had that drive to work in the sphere of education and to touch, to impact and to inspire the lives of many around me through the ennobling part of education. So that is something that I have always wanted to do. And that is something that I'm still doing. And I would continue doing so consciously in the days to come. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. And so why do you think it is so important for 
young girls to be a part of a STEM program? It is extremely important for the young girls. But before that, let me just tell you that it's not only important for the young girls, it's important for the entire young generation. And uh, before I, I actually answer your question that why is it important? Let me just, uh, you know, clear some of the misconceptions that are associated with the STEM education. So in many parts of the world, people still believe that STEM education is all about only the four disciplines of science, technology, engineering and mathematics. So must be a STEM school, uh, you know, must be a kind of a setup where children are given education pertaining to these four disciplines. Now, this is not the right concept of STEM education. In fact, it's a very, very narrow definition of STEM. Rather, STEM should be, you know, designated more as STEAM with the addition of the letter A, which stands for Arts and Humanities. And that becomes self-explanatory then because it is not only about the four disciplines pertaining to science and technology, but when we integrate arts and humanities there, so it becomes a holistic kind of an education system, it becomes a more comprehensive kind of an education system, and it, is, it becomes an interdisciplinary education system. Secondly, uh, uh, secondly, the misconception that is there with STEM is that uh, it's only about knowledge, content and curriculum, uh, you know, uh, pertaining to these four or five disciplines, which is, again, a very, very narrow concept. Because STEM is all about nurturing and honing the creative and the critical thinking abilities of a child. If STEM education is delivered in a very, very proper manner, then a child will develop his or her independent thinking skills, critical thinking skills, creative intelligence, and definitely not to miss out the emotional intelligence as well. So, uh, it's a kind of an education system which actually prepares the children to develop multiple perspectives, to develop uh, divergent thinking, out-of-the-box ideation uh, in order to solve maybe a kind of a problem or to lo look at a particular kind of a problem. So this is what STEM education is all about. Now to answer your question, why is it important for the young girls? As I told you, it's important for the entire young generation because if we have to, uh, if, if, if we really have a passion, you know, to develop a kind of a generation which would be, you know, a generation of creative problem solvers, well, we have to acknowledge the fact that these are the kind of skills that are required to thrive in the 21st century. Effective communication, decision-making, problem-solving abilities, independent thinking styles, divergent thinking, out-of-the-box ideation. Now, all these are the products of 
a very very proper stem education now to come to the young girls yeah of course of course it's very very important and uh, there is a kind of i would say a very narrow you know thinking uh, which borders around gender stereotypes which mm-hmm. feels that maybe the girls are not good enough for the disciplines like science tech engineering and maths and maybe the boys are better placed to learn about this disciplines and to do something in this particular field now this definitely depends on a very very narrow societal thinking uh, pattern which views girls are you know maybe fit for other disciplines like arts and humanities and uh, maybe not very good you know for the disciplines like science and tech mm-hmm. so now with a lot of girls coming into the stem disciplines and working in the stem fields i'm sure that the girls have proved that <laughs> it is definitely not so it's just a mindset which requires maybe a paradigm shift so dr mccurgy what do you what would you say the one thing is that keeps you motivated in making sure that all children are involved in uh, a stem program it's not only a stem program it's about education in general so as a passionate academician as a very very passionate educator i feel that it's my utmost responsibility and concern to ensure that each and every uh, you know child is actually engaged and is meaningfully engaged because as it is said that if you fail to engage a child you run the danger of uh, enraging the child so uh you know you have to engage you have to engage uh, ve- engage them in a very very meaningful in a very very productive and in a very very activity oriented manner now how to engage them you know it it depends on a lot of techniques and strategies that an educator may adopt so just to tell you a few that if your curriculum or if your content is not related to real life the children will definitely not be engaged yeah secondly if you fail to uh, involve and activate all the sense organs of a child the child will not be meaningfully engaged unfortunately we still have a kind of an education system which believes that maybe the child's hearing and the child's you know sight that is the two sense organs only need to be activated in the education system which is such a wrong concept you need to involve the child holistically unless the child does something with his or her hands which which means that it has to be learning by doing it has to be an activity oriented Uh, education system unless you are able to do that unless you are able to you know stimulate that curiosity and that enthusiasm in a child it is not possible for any educator to keep the child engaged in the long run because we have to understand one thing that 
uh, each and every child is born with a unique blueprint. They have their own passion, they have their own interests, they have their own talents. Again, I would like to state that unfortunately our education system is still essentially the byproduct of the 19th century industrial revolution which still believes in one size fits all educational model but still denies the fact that each and every child has a unique contribution to make in his own uh, in his or her own in unique ways so i uh, in 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 fact you know in 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 the in this last 23 years i have never i have never ever met or seen a child who has not been enthusiastic to learn so children are curious children are inquisitive children are born creative as pablo picasso had rightly said that each and every child is is a born artist but the challenge is to ensure that he remains an artist as as he or she grows up which is like self-explanatory and gives a lot of onus to the educators as well as to the parents because we have to ensure that at no point in their lives their innate curiosity their innate creativity gets extinguished do you see in the long run let's say five years from now a lot of major changes happening in the education system whether it's where you are now or even in the united states and it sounds like you are on the right track with making sure that all of the children are well educated <clears throat> and well-rounded with basically making sure that they have not only the hands-on training but also implementing the the knowledge that they are requiring even through your school. So how do you think it's going? How much of a difference do you see it now versus, let's say, five years from now changing for these uh, children today? It depends. It depends because in the last so many years, in fact, we have not seen any major change. And I keep on saying at the various global platforms where I am invited to speak on these issues, I reiterate the fact that our histories have changed, our geographies have changed, but sadly enough, our education system has not changed, it's still the same. And in fact, maybe the education system is one of the last things that, you know, changes or if at all it changes, in fact. Uh, the problem is uh, definitely the mindset of the people because in the education sphere, and it's so ironic, it's so very ironic that uh, the people who are educated per se are supposed to have a very, very broad outlook. They're supposed to be more flexible. They're supposed to be more open and, uh, you know, uh, they're supposed to be more receptive. But we see the exact contrary to this, the people who are so-called educated. Why, why do I say so-called educated? Because they are formally educated with, a, with, with loads and loads of years of experience and baggages of um, you know, certificates and degrees. They are the people who are the most resistant to change. 
they are the people who are not flexible enough to embrace a lot of changes that are happening around us they are the ones who will always resist any forward looking or any positive transformation or shift and i've seen that happening uh, i mean it's 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 a very personal experience for me but now it's definitely a professional experience for me as well because when i went about setting the first stem school in west bengal india i had faced so much resistance i had faced so much opposition and most of those resistance and opposition actually came from the parent community we expect the parent community to want the best for their children but you know ironically enough i have seen that they come from a kind of a position where they're so comfortable with you know with knowing what they have known and doing what they have done for so many years so the deterrent to change is definitely the mindset and hence i strongly believe that if you really have to uh look for any kind of change in 5 years from now or 10 years or 15 years or 20 years whatever that might be the first thing that you have to do is to bring about a paradigm shift in your mindset first the educators have to analyze self introspect and reflect whether they have a flexible mindset to embrace a lot of changes that are happening around them whether they have a beginner's mindset to be you know receptive to all the new kinds of changes and learnings that are happening around them whether they have that ability to challenge the status quo and to question each and everything around them which they feel are not working anymore the parents they also have to be educated in the true sense of the term not formally educated but educated in the true sense of the term so that they know what is the best for their children rote learning is not the best thing for the child because we know that when a child rote learns maybe for the sake of securing uh, a good grades in the exam uh, that learning goes into that learning transfers into a short term memory and the child will definitely not remember anything that he or she has learned after the examination is over i mean that is not the role and goal of learning in 21st century the role and goal of learning is lifelong learning you have to continuously learn you have to unlearn you have to relearn you have to be a self motivated learner so these are the kinds of changes that are very much required but i would also like to mention that though the situation is not uh, very you know conducive and it looks quite grim right now but just think about what happened during the global pandemic there had been so much of positive shifts in the sphere of education so many things have been shifted so many new ways of thinking innovations have come into the sphere of education and that too only in a span of one and a half or two years so which i feel that in normal circumstances had it not been for the global pandemic it would have taken maybe another 10 or 15 years to bring about those positive shifts so you see the problem is when you are pushed to the edge that is when you 
you know when you are when you are left with no options other than to think creatively or to innovate then you will but it is sad it is unfortunate that we all required a global pandemic to bring about those changes in ourselves yeah technology had very much been there even before the pandemic yeah but we have never thought about a properly a proper uh, you know technology embedded teaching learning ecosystem before the global pandemic mm -hmm. i 100% agree <laughs> with you said because like you said we we really did not have any other choice but to make changes at that point and during those two years and it really forced us to really not only get to know ourselves and get to really hone in on what it is that we need to focus on because we couldn't go anywhere but it's also opened up a lot of opportunities for people to even during that time to start changing the way that they think and do and and how they operate in in their lives so you are definitely on point on that as well and there were a lot of changes in the education or how kids were doing their work during the pandemic um some it some was effective for some children and some it really played a major negative role unfortunately because of having to do everything online but at the end of the day it it, it reevaluated a lot of the educators here on the process of how we should be educating our children. So I 100% agree <laughs> with what you just shared. Do you have any other projects that you are currently working on at this time? Uh well, uh in terms of projects, well, <laughs> in terms of my current role uh as a director school of education, currently i'm dealing with the teacher educators okay. i'm dealing with the students who come to us to do their phd's in education their bachelor's their masters in education so you see after spending so many years uh, in the sphere of school education dealing with children of almost all the age groups dealing with the teachers but currently i'm dealing with the teacher educators who hone and nurture the prospective teachers so that's uh, i feel that's something really wonderful and uh, maybe that is something um, I, i i felt at some point of time that i need to work on because uh, the teachers are not they're not born you see they're made uh -huh. so there are a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot of things that goes into uh teacher training and teacher education and the people those who are there in the field of teacher education they need to have their visions very very clear as to what they are trying to do because they are touching and impacting the lives of people who in turn would be touching and impacting the lives of so many people around them in days to come So this is a position of tremendous responsibility and at the same time it's a position of power 
depends on how, whether you understand it or not being in this position but it is a position of responsibility and tremendous power because it's still whatever you say whatever changes have happened in the world perhaps there is one thing which has not changed and that is it's still in the hands of the teachers that the future of the entire nation and in fact the future of the entire world lies so this is so very important for the teacher educators to realize the fact that they're doing a kind they are on a mission which is so very important and which is which which will be having a very very long term and a lifelong impact so that is exactly what i'm working on currently and uh, i'm so happy and i'm so fortunate that you know i have been able to work in this particular position. Awesome. Dr. Mukherjee, how can people get in contact with you for speaking engagements or to get in contact with you for any questions that they may have in regards to what you are doing? I am a person who is very, very active on almost all social media platforms. So I'm quite active on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. Additionally, if any like-minded people would like to connect with me or to ask me any questions or to approach me for any kind of speaking engagement, I would be so happy to get connected with them. They can also write to me on my personal email, which is meetingdrmukherjee at gmail.com. M-W-T-I-N-G, meeting, D-R, doctor, M-U-K-H-E-R-J-W, Mukherjee. Meeting Dr. Mukherjee at gmail.com. Dr. Mukherjee, thank you so much for sharing this wealth of information. I will make sure to have all of your information on the show notes at the end of this show. Is there any last words that you would like to share with this listening audience? From the lens and perspective of an educator, I would just like to give a very, very simple message that the world indeed does not care how much you know but the world definitely cares about what you decide to do with what you know and for that it is so very vitally important for all of us to understand why we are doing what we are doing so in short i'm talking about the why the purpose so the purpose is something which is extremely important it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter what profession you are in, but your purpose, your vision is so very important because that gives you a kind of a direction. That is something which never, never, you know, allows you to divert. So purpose is something which is so very important. So no matter whatever you do, you have to remind, keep on reminding yourself about the purpose, about the first why, as to why you decided to be in this profession, if I have to talk about the teaching profession. Well, yesterday only I was doing a show and I had been asked this question that, uh, uh, you know, what, what is your message to the aspiring teachers? So I said that, please keep on reminding your why to yourself. Even after 10 years, 20 years or 30 years down the line, you know, please ask yourself, 
that what was the first why due to which I decided to come into this profession. I think that is something which is very, very important. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. McCurchy, it has been an honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be on Wove Inspiration. Thank you so much. It has really been a pleasure to be here on this platform today. And it was really so nice, uh, you know, uh, connecting and interacting with you at such a deeper level. I, I, I'm really, I'm really honored and I'm really looking forward to more such conversations in the days to come. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys, this is Althea with Wove Inspiration Podcast. Have an awesome day. Take care. God bless. Hey, this is Althea, host and producer of Wove Inspiration Podcast. Wove Inspiration features women and the men who love them who use their voice to share their stories of overcoming obstacles in life. Everyone has a story, some good, some not so good. The common factors for guests on Wove Inspiration are their solutions and their victorious endings. You can follow us and leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Wove Inspiration. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you listen to podcasts.